Lift your Bibles up and wave them around. Make Jesus glad, the devil mad. Let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I've tuned in tonight intentionally. I want to feed on your holy word. I know it's inspired and anointed by the Holy Ghost. And it's going down on the inside of me and changing me. Revelation is mine tonight so that my faith is growing and my life is changing in Jesus' name. Amen. Changing for the better. Amen. All right. Uh, let's turn in our Bibles to Psalm 37. And also, while you're turning, find 2 Peter uh, chapter 3. We'll read uh, out of Psalm 37 first, just the first uh, couple of verses. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. And, uh, and then in 2 Peter chapter 3, we'll start reading with verse 10. And Peter is speaking to the church, and he said, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. And so tonight I wanted to share a message entitled, End Time Attitude. End Time Attitude. I was just reading Psalm 37 not long ago, and, and then just a couple of days ago, Second Peter. And of course, uh, you know, we think about evildoers. There's plenty of them to go around today. <laughs> It's just that often it seems that evildoers strike it rich. Often it seems that they escape consequences. And, uh, you know, it's often that they plot to do us harm, especially now. I was listening to a couple of commentators uh, talking about it on radio the other day. This is unprecedented time of persecution of the church, open hatred and open uh, condemnation of the church and its message. You know, and of course in Second Peter, you know, Second Peter is one of the end time books. We just, uh, uh, end time attitude, we, we just read there in Second Peter, what sort of attitude, what sort of people, what sort of manner of life should we have, seeing that these things are, are so. So tonight, end time attitude. And uh, of course Sunday I, I did a message on end time shaking. And so I, I just want to remind you, I think most of us know these things, but it's good for us to remind each other and encourage one another because, you know, things are getting hot and heavy out there. <laughs> and sometimes it is vexing. But um, it says here in 2 Peter 2, righteous Lot was delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah, but until he was, he was vexed every day for, with their unrighteous deeds or unlawful deeds, their lawlessness, in other words. We see a lot of lawlessness. And, uh, you know, I heard, a, uh, I heard a description of this age or the time that we live in right now. Um, the end times is the compression of the age. 
And uh, the compression of the age, I believe, is a very uh, apropos description of the pressure of living now. And, of course, there is a simultaneous uh, grace that we can receive. We don't have to have pressure. We can, we can absolutely uh, be blessed in the middle of all the trouble. But, um, you know, when you have an hourglass, you turn it over. I've got a little hourglass at home. I turn it over, and I notice the top surface of the sand doesn't do much for the first 30, 45 minutes. But as the time goes by, it gets closer to an hour. The, the level falls faster as it, all the little sand particles are rushing to the neck. And uh, they're crowding each other out trying to get through that, that small opening. That's kind of where, where we are right now. There's a lot of pressure. Uh, you could even call it a birth canal. We're, we're passing through a birth canal where judgment is about to be uh, starting in the world. You know, judgment's not for the church. We've been redeemed. But judgment is going to come to the world. And, and so we're all in that place of pressure, that compression of the age. So these things increase as the time draws near. And of course, simultaneous to that, the devil knows his time is short. <laughs> the devil is, is running about, angry, panicked, knowing that his time is short. And so he's doing everything he can to throw as much as he can against the saints. So uh, what do we do? We just retreat to a you know, a fetal position in a corner somewhere and try to hide? Do we move to a Christian commune? You know, what do we do, see? Be constantly vexed, frustrated, and angry. I know a lot of people that are in that condition. They're Christians, but they're, they're frustrated. They're, they're angry. And so uh, tonight, I just want to give you what the Word says. I, I just think we're blessed when we obey what the Word says to do about these things. I mean, we're not going to change What's written? What's written is going to come to pass. Jesus is going to come. And of course, in Second Peter, it's not talking about the rapture of the church. It's talking about the second coming after the rapture. He'll be, there's two, two parts to the coming of the Lord. First, he's coming for the church, and then his coming with the church. And his coming with the church is what it's talking about here in Second Peter, about the whole world burning up, even the atmosphere, the heavens burning up. We're going to have a new, hev new heavens and a new earth, the Bible says. And so that's all part of that judgment. So uh, Psalm 37 answers the question, what manner of person should we be in all holy conversation, manner of life? And so let's look back then at Psalm 37 and just pick up what God's Word has to say. There's five things I have written down here. And uh, two of them are don't do's and three of them are do's. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of don't do's to start with. And the first one is in verse one, fret not because of evildoers. You know, the word fret means to blaze up, to wax hot, to lose, you know, in other words, to lose your cool. Don't get bent out of shape. I'm talking to myself now. <laughs> it's just hard <laughs> when you witness things. You know, it's why I just limit my time. Uh, watching the news. I, we need to know what's going on, but we don't have to meditate on it. We don't have to just be baptized and immersed in, in the bad news. We, just, we need to be acquainted with what's happening, and then we need to move on. So uh, fret not. See, that emotional uh, idea. I, I know people that are constantly feeding on the negative, and they're finding all kinds online. They're finding all kinds of conspiracy theories and 
and so forth and so on. Be careful of those. I mean, they're just mostly they're unsubstantiated. They can't be proven one way or the other. So why meditate on things like that are the worst of the worst? And you don't really know if they're true. You don't have the real facts of anything. I try to stay away from those. There's enough true bad news, (laughs) uh, you know, to take care of. So fret not. Uh, and and you know, that doesn't mean stick your head in the sand and ignore it. No, it just means let's, it's a ba- way of balance. Fret not. And then, of course, it says envy not. Don't it be envious. Don't be envious against the workers of iniquity. So when you think and allow your mind to think, boy, I, I wish I could get away with something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty soon you're going to be saying it out of your mouth. See, that's not, that's not right. That's, that's wrong. You don't want to get away with anything. You want to be accountable. You want to do things lawfully. You want to do things uh, that the Word of God says to do. You don't want to be like them in any way. See, so you know you don't mean it. Well, I don't really mean it. Well, then don't say it and certainly don't think it. Because if more you think about something, the more it can come out your mouth. I've heard Christians say that. I wish I had everything that Bill Gates has. Well, now, you know, that's envy. I mean, it, the Bible forbids envy. We don't envy him. One thing he doesn't have, as far as I can tell, is eternal life. And so, you know, when you've got, when you're saved and and filled with the Holy Ghost, you've got the true riches, regardless of anything else. And so, envy not. So those are the two things that we have to kind of look at ourselves, especially now, especially right now, and, uh, and stay away from fretting and envying. But then it gives you three things that you can do. And of course, in verse Three, it says to trust in the Lord and to do good. You know, I, I love, I love, you know, these, these are the, you know, can't beat the word. When you do the word, you receive the benefit from the word. This is part of the grace of living in the end times. Or there's a grace for us. You know, God chose us. We didn't choose him. He chose to put us on the earth during the end times, during the compression of the ages, during the high pressure of this age. It's, why is it like that? Because it's the ending of this age. It's the ending of the church age. And we're going to be going into the next age. And, 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 and right after that is the final judgment. We're headed into the final judgment. God will judge and it's going to be, we're going to be there. So there's a lot of pressure right now, but yet if we'll do what the word says, trust in the Lord and do good. Galatians 6, 9, be not weary in well-doing. See, just, I, I like uh, Romans 12, 21, do not overcome, uh, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. There it is again. Acts 10, 38, how Jesus uh, of Nazareth went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So when we concentrate on doing good and doing what the Word says, then we get the benefit of it. It gives us the grace to stand in the evil time. The next one is found in verse 4, Psalm 37. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And I like to say it this way. I know it says plainly he'll give you desires of your heart, but he'll also place within you his desires for you. I mean, he desires better things than what we desire. <laughs> his, his sights are bigger and, and higher. And uh, if we delight ourselves in him, he will begin to place within us the things 
that he wants us to have. I just, I mean, look at Jabez. You know, Jabez, he placed in, within Jabez, he said, oh, Lord, enlarge my coast. And, and, and uh, you know, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be caused sorrow. You know, his, his name meant sorrowful, you know, so, and God blessed him. God heard that. So the word delight means to be happy about, to take exquisite pleasure in. And I think that's what happened Sunday morning in our services after, you know, during the third song, I mean, people started coming up front and uh, they began to worship God. They were just taking exquisite pleasure in the presence of God. They were worshiping him, worshiping him for who he is. And oh, what an atmosphere came into the building. And then when that happened, the anointing came on me and I had an altar call for people that had pain in their back. And I mean, the ball, you know, I seldom do that because back trouble is very common in lots of people. So if you want a big altar call, you ask for people with back trouble and you'll have a lot of people come up. And a lot of people did come up, but we had people, several people healed instantly. And, uh, and so what a powerful time. And then his presence, the main thing is that his presence was staying, stayed and it spilled over into Sunday night. We had another powerful service Sunday night. It was just like, like, you know, it all came from delighting ourselves. You know, we might as well enjoy God instead of getting all mad and ag aggravated about what's going on. Let's enjoy God. Let's enjoy Jesus. Let's take exquisite pleasure in him and him and his presence. And then finally, in the last, the last uh, one to do on the do list <laughs> is in verse 7. It says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Rest in the Lord. You know, faith has a rest. It has an ease. Uh, when you keep reading there in, verse, uh, in Psalm 37, it says in verse 32, the wicked watch the righteous and seek to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand nor condemn him when he's judged. I mean, you know, he, he, uh, God's not going to leave you. You don't have any reason. You can rest. You, you don't have to be worried about all the evildoers and what they might be doing, what they might be plotting against you. Uh, Psalm 33, just a few pages back to the left here. This, these are a couple of my favorite verses. Verse 10, the Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to, not, to naught. He maketh the devices of the people, that is the uncoveted people, of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. So see the difference. I mean, we have nothing to fret about. We have nothing to worry about. God is, we can have a rest in the Lord. You know, Let's, uh, let's flip over here to 2 Corinthians, still talking about resting in the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I came across this verse too, not too long ago. 2 Corinthians 3, and we'll look at verse uh, 4. And such trust have we through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament or the New Covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Praise God. I mean, what a wonderful, uh, you know, you've got the goods, in other words. You've got the goods. And your sufficiency is not of yourself. It's not about your, your uh, 
education or about your political standing or your social standing. It's all about God and he's sufficient. His grace is sufficient for you. So, and uh, as we read there in 2 Peter, uh, what manner of, of persons should we be? What manner of person? So now as we've gone through Psalm 37 and got two don't do's and three do's, we've got something on our list to help us live that kind of life. What manner of people we should be in the end times, our end time attitude described to us right here in the word of God. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and receive the word tonight. Praise God. I just want to encourage you. And uh, no matter what you're going through, God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will not, I will not, I will not, <laughs> so that we may boldly say, the Lord's my helper. I'll not fear what man will do unto me. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen.